This morning, we are continuing on the series of living a legacy of love. And we're kind of just looking backwards uh, to, uh, to an event that's coming in your life. Um, it's not something pleasant to think about, but uh, if Christ does not come back uh, uh, before you die, you're going to have a funeral. There's going to be a service, and uh, there's going to be people there, and uh, they're going to say some words, and, uh, and what they say is basically what you're going to be known for, and uh, and, and I hope that, that when, when they begin to eulogize and when they begin to just kind of reminisce and they begin to think about your life and, and who you were and how you lived your life, I, I, I pray that, that they say something that, that you were a person uh, of love. And there's a reason behind that because it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, it's said in the, from the Living Bible, it says, let love be your greatest name. Now, I know that there's people that are successful here in this room, and, and you've made goals in your life, and you wanted to get a good education, you wanted to have a career, uh, and you wanted to do things, and you wanted to make money, and uh, you wanted to make an impact, and, and, and all of those things are good they're wonderful. I mean, you're not floating through life. You're not just kind of going through aimlessly. I mean, you're focused. You're doing some things. But the Bible says if you really want to pick something, you want to see something that's really important, it says let love be the aim of your life. And what's interesting about it, uh, uh, for those who are, who are full of God's spirit and, and long to see God's kingdom, long to see the gifts and the manifestation of all the gifts of God's spirit that are described in 1 Corinthians 12 and are talked about in, in, in chapter 14. In between that chapter, and it says, and, and the gifts were flowing, he says, he says, I want you guys to learn how to love. And, uh, and you've had an assignment, uh, and, and, and the ultimate example of love is the person of Jesus Christ. So it's why I've given you an assignment this year. I implore you as your pastor, when you read your Bible, check out the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read a chapter each day. Read it from different translations if you, if you have a, a, a computer and, and to see how Jesus lived a life of love. But today we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to look at how love behaves, how love reacts, how love responds. In fact, it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, love is patient and love is kind. Now, these two words right here, uh, patience and kindness, are powerful words. And they demand our attention and our time to go ahead and take a look at them. And what does it mean to really be patient? What does it really mean to be kind? Because uh, this is something that God wants us to have in our life. Patience and kindness. In fact, there's a number of description of how love behaves here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're not going to look at all of them, but we are going to look at a couple of these as we begin to wind down here on this series. So we're going to look at two of these here today. And number one, we're going to look at love that acts patiently. It's an expression of love, 
patience. Patience. What is the secret of being patient with other people? What is the secret of being patient with the people that annoy you? The people that tick you off? The people that get underneath your skin? The people that you want to slap up aside the head? The people that you get in shout matches with? What is the secret okay, with those people? Here it is. Write it down. You cooperate with God. Now we're going to explain this. Well, how does that, how, what does that have to do with, what does that have to do with patience? Here it is. God wants to, here's what we know. Jesus and himself were the ultimate when it came to patience. God is still patient with us. Amen. We haven't got our act together, right? We're, we still, there's, we're still a piece of work, okay? God wants to develop, okay, that attribute, that character inside of us. How does God do it? God has a part and you have a part. God provides the circumstances. God is allowing situations as well as people to come into your life so that you can go ahead and develop the quality of patience, okay? So he, he, he's good at, at providing the right circumstances, okay? Okay? Your part is to provide the right response, okay? Now, the Bible calls those tests trials, tribulations, and part of those tests, trials, and tribulations is there are people that are coming into your life so that patience can be developed in your life. Let's look at a scripture that goes ahead and let's how it, see how it's backed up. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Many of you may know this, but in case you haven't ever heard of this before, maybe you're a new follower of Christ, look at this. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. The Bible says it's possible that we could rejoice. We can have joy. For we, know that, for we know that they are good for us. Why is that? They help us to learn to be patient, okay? Remember, love is patient. And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. God ultimately wants us to come to this place where our faith, we're not weak, we're not, that when the storms of life come by, that we're not blowing over, that we can stay strong and steady. And what we will need during those times is we will be needing to walk in the area of patience. And many times it's people that God allows to come into our life that helps us to develop patience. And he will use those people. Now, uh, I want to talk to you about three things that, that has helped me personally to develop patience. But can I just tell you, I'm so far from not there yet, okay? So as I'm preaching this morning, I'm preaching to myself. So I'm praying about this. But I know this first one has helped me a lot when it, because it's about relationships, okay? Number one, you want to get more patient with people. You want to be able to walk in love and walk in patience. Discover a bigger perspective. Discover a bigger perspective, okay? Seeing the big picture. The Bible calls it wisdom. In fact, it's found here in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. It says, a person's wisdom yields patience. And it is to one's glory to overlook 
an offense. So the Bible says that, that if we can begin to see uh, the big picture in people's lives, it will yield patience in our lives. And a lot of times we are, are, are ticked off at people. We, we, we struggle with people because they have these annoying things that they say and that they do to us. They do things that make us mad. They, and, and, and we just go like, I can't take us, and we just like, I don't know what it is, but this person just has this gift of, of really getting to me. But here's what happens. There's a reason that they're doing it. And if you would just but ask this question, because God's allowing that person to come in your life, say, God, would you help me to see the bigger picture of God, why they do what they do? Now, it doesn't, excuse, uh, it doesn't excuse what they do to you, especially if it's sinful or especially if it's super annoying to you, whatever. Uh, but I want to tell you something. When you begin to get a perspective and understand the reason they do what they do, all of a sudden understanding comes. And when you begin to understand, okay, it's a lot easier. It's not perfect, but it's a lot easier to be able to t- at least to tolerate them. In fact, I, I would say it, it, it even go this far. Once you, understanding comes and you're really serious about this thing called love and relationships, when you see that, oh, you know what? Oh my goodness, I didn't know this about their background. I didn't know that this happened in their life. And there's a stronghold and there's something that's going on. And maybe God wants to use you to, to help this person that really gets underneath their skin. So get the big picture. Number, number two, deepen your love. I believe love is a patience builder. When I'm filled with love, when I'm filled with God's love, and, and I'm filled with, with wisdom, I'm all of a sudden getting a picture of this person. I'm getting to really not just see what the annoying things that they do, but I'm really kind of getting perspective of their life. I'm really beginning to understand their story, understand what they've went through in their life, which is wisdom. I'm seeing now the big picture. I get God's love and a combination of God's love inside of me. I'm getting full of his love, okay, plus his wisdom, okay, it, it, it is an absolute game changer when it comes to relationship. If you're filled with self and if you're filled with anger, it's going to spill over into the rela- that relationship. If you're just focused on you and you're filled with, with anger, you've got issues, that spills over to the other relationships, okay? But you get wisdom and you get his love, it spills over. I remember it was about 10 years ago. Uh, I, I, be- I began to appreciate something which I really love this day. I love coffee. Any coffee? Any people in here like coffee? Okay. To the people who don't like coffee, just t- listen to me for just a few moments. But let me kind of tell you about my journey. I, anything that was coffee-related, uh, candy, uh, ice cream, my taste buds went into full revolt. I mean, I mean spit it out, you know. I, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I was on a, on a date with my wife and another couple, and we went into this coffee place, and they really wanted to get something. I was kind of late, lagging behind. They said, the guy behind the counter, he says, what do you want? And I said, well, I don't like coffee. I says, I don't like anything like this. He says, listen, 
I'm going to make you something that I promise you, you were really like. And he says, look at that. He says, it's a Michigan, he called it a Michigan cooler. And I'm from Michigan. That's where I came from. I says, all right, I'll try it. So he makes this drink, and, and it was cold. It was, and, and I'm drinking, I go, oh, my goodness, this is good, you know. So that, that was the beginning of the journey of liking coffee products. And then my, my wife, she, she would, you know, she'd have her pot of coffee, and then she'd brew me something that was a lot weaker. And, and so I, being I was not this coffee expert, so I would, I would pour the coffee in, and, uh, and then I would go ahead and put a couple, you know, tablespoons of Hershey's syrup and, and whipped cream and, and, and load it up with French vanilla cr- creamer. I mean, and so I take it off the counter and walking over from the counter to the couch, and I can't tell you uh, through, through the years how, how many times that I spilled coffee uh, on the floor from the, from the, from the counter to the couch, okay? And it was just full, you know. I just, finally, I had to learn the lesson. Don't fill it up with so much coffee. And folks, basically, here's the lesson. What's inside of you will spill over into your relationships. And some of you are here today. This is, uh, what's inside of you, I mean, you got baggage, you got issues in your life, and God wants to deal with some of those issues. Some of you come from, are dealing with some pain and, and, and anger issues, and God wants to begin to deal with you. But God wants to get you filled up with his love. And when you get filled up with his love and that begins to spill over towards other people, watch relationships begin to change. I've seen it happen. Many a times, people said, I'm getting serious about love. I want to I get along. I want to do better Start to walk in patience and watch what happens. And number three, depend upon Jesus' power. We pray, this is an awesome scripture, Colossians 1.11, we pray that you will be continually strengthened with all the power that comes from his glorious might so that you will be able to persevere and be patient in any situation joyfully. So here's what happens. When you become a person of prayer, you, you hang out with God, you talk with God, you worship God, and, and, and you begin to pray about your relationships, and, and, and you begin to pray and say, God, I just don't have it, Lord. I don't have that patience. Lord, I, I don't have what it takes, but Lord, I know that you do because you are love, and I, and I pray, God, what you have, God, that you'll put it inside of me. So you can't just will yourself. I'm just going to be more patient if it just kills me. no. But when I ask, the Bible says, when you ask and you ask in faith, you will receive. How many think that God's interested in you becoming patient and you being filled with this love? God wants to give that to you, and it will happen if you will ask. So to love like Jesus, I have to be patient. It's the first description of how love acts with patience. Second area of how to love acts, love acts with kindness. It acts kindly. Patience has to do with your attitude. It's more of your attitude. Now, kindness has more to do with your actions towards other people. So the question is, what does it mean to be kind? Okay, yeah, well, kindness means to be nice. Well, what does it mean to be nice? Well, it means to be kind. Well, so it's kind of like, well, how do you define it? Now, we know that Jesus taught it and he demonstrated it, but I want to give you a very short definition, five words. Kindness is love in action. 
It's one thing to say you love someone. It's another thing to demonstrate it. And one of the best demonstrations of kindness that's found in the Bible, it's found in the Gospel of Luke, and it's found in the story called The Good Samaritan. How many have heard the story, The Good Samaritan? Can I just kind of tell you about it? If you've never heard the story before, and for those who have heard it, kind of let me just refresh you, uh, give you, it's, it's a parable that Jesus is talking about. There was a man that was on the road from Jerusalem going to Jericho. He was traveling. The Bible says that he was beaten, he was robbed, and he was left there for dead. And uh, interesting, uh, uh, at different times, two religious figures, okay, uh, were walking along the road, and one saw him and uh, kept on going. And then another religious figure, I mean, sees this guy, you know, laying there on the road, left for dead, and he walks by, goes going about his business, has nothing to do with him, and then it said that there was this Samaritan, okay, that, that saw this guy and responded to him. What was very interesting, in case you don't know, Samaritans hated Jews, and Jews hated Samaritans. So, I mean, there, it, it was a feud. They did not like each other. But here this guy, he sees a person in need, he responds, and, and Jesus says, I want you, to, and he's, he's telling the readers, he says, I want you to understand some things. And I think this is the greatest story I think I've ever seen that depicts kindness. So we're going to look at some lessons that we can learn from the Good Samaritan here this morning. In your notes, I have it put down, the secrets to kindness. There are four secrets. We're going to look at them here this morning. Here we go. Number one, we need to start seeing the needs of people around us. Patience and kindness uh, start at the same area. It starts with how you see the situation. It shows how you and I look at people, how you see others. And, and kindness begins with what I call, say this, eyes, okay? If you're not aware of the needs that are around you, you won't see. But if you are aware, then you can care. It said here in verse 33 of Luke chapter 10, it says, when the Samaritan saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. I want you to underline that there in your Bible if you're following along in your version. It says, when he saw the man's condition, he saw with his eyes. And if you want to love like Jesus, you need to learn to be better and kindness. You must change the way that you look at people. When you're out in the crowds, when you're here in Citrus County, you're there at Walmart and at Publix and, and different public avenues, okay, how do you see people? Do you see them as an inconvenience? Do you see them as an enemy? Or do you see someone that is possibly in need? In our world, it is filled with problems and filled with people who have a lot of problems in their life. In fact, here in Citrus County, there's a lot of people that have issues and hurts and pain. And, uh, and God wants us to begin to see them, but many times we don't see what's going on. Why don't we see the wounds of people around us? How, how do people become like the religious figures? They see something, but they keep on going on. What's going on? Two things. Busyness and focus on self. For those who are type A 
uh, personalities that have lists, that have goals, and say, I got to get this done today. Uh, I've got to get this, this accomplished. This is what I have to have done. Busyness will keep us from accomplishing the goal of love. Busyness is the death of love. Uh, loving self and being focused on self is, is the death of love. And so here's my prayer for Mike Rarick, and I'm praying not only for me, but I pray for all of us that are here today. God, would you help me to slow down? Because there are people here in this room, you're, you're running at a pace like an airplane. And when you're going that fast, you're not seeing what's going on around you. Some of you are going at a pace like a locomotive train. It's going down the tracks really fast, but you're missing. You're not seeing what's going on in people's lives. Some of you are in cars. You're going at a pretty good pace, but still you're missing some, some people that, that God's putting into your past. God wants us all to come to this place to where we can begin to walk, begin to stroll. And as we slow down, we can begin to see the details. We can begin to see what's happening in people's lives. And so I pray this. I say, God, would you help me to see, Lord, what's happening in people's lives? lives. Write this down. Slowness positions yourself to love people. It equals Love. In fact, we're in fact we're so encouraged to do this. First Corinthians ten twenty four. Do not look out. Here it is: the optics. Do not look out only for your own selves. Look out for the good of others. I want to ask you this question: When you wake up in the morning, uh, is it on the radar map? I know that you got challenges. You got things that you got to get done. I know that you, you have needs in your life, but do you ever wake up in the morning and, and think through the day, God, help me to begin to see, Lord, the needs of other people and to respond to them. This is, this is a part of becoming a mature Christian in the faith. I don't care how gifted you are. Uh, I don't care if you have the gifts of all the Spirit, but if you're not walking in the spirit of love, you're missing it. So here it is. All of us, we're going to take four tests, okay? And this is the test of seeing, okay? On a scale of one to five, okay? Five, I mean, you see, when it comes to people, you're around, I mean, you have ego eyes. You can, I mean, you see something, I mean, around, I mean, uh, you, you, you're, you're very perceptive to what's going on. And, and, or maybe you, you're a one, you're a bat. You can't, I mean, people, you never see anything. I mean, and, and I want you to kind of just give yourself a test here this morning. And uh, if you're not doing well, I want you to begin to pray. Say, God, give me night vision goggles, you know, to help me to see into people's lives and to see what's going on. God, give me a telescope. God, I want to begin to see people. When you begin to pray that, and also you pray for the Holy Spirit to be daily filled with his spirit. Here's something, one of the benefits of being filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says God will give us, okay, the spirit of discernment. He'll give us a word of knowledge. All of us sudden we didn't even know it and God begins to download something on them and say this person is dealing with they may even be suicidal and there's nothing on the outside that gives us any indication but it happens we begin to see into people's souls through the spirit but we also see it through the spirit of love amen so give yourself a a a grade here this morning so if you're a two or three obviously begin to pray if you're a one go into fasting okay 
So if you're going to love like the Good Samaritan, you must not only see, but second of all, you must sympathize with people's pain. So it's not just enough to see what's going on. we got to be able to empathize. we got to be able to, I hate this. Guys, some of you may not like this, but we got to be able to feel their pain. we got to be able to enter into their pain, okay? And, uh, and I know this after being around doctors and police. Uh, uh, here are professionals, uh, you know, to protect people, to help people get well. Uh, and the, the, the doctors and the police, they've become very jaded. They see junk. They're dealing with people on a daily basis, and they can get very jaded and very critical, and, but the good doctors and the good, the good, the good policemen, I mean, they, they keep their hearts soft, and, and, and they, they see people as individuals, and, uh, and they respond uh, w- many times with sympathy. In fact, there's people that will pick doctors. They may not be the greatest doctors at diagnosing, but the doctor listens, and they just pay attention, and their and focus, and their heart is with their patient. Look what it said here in verse 33 from a different translation. It says, his heart, the Samaritan, when he saw the guy, his heart was filled with pity. So it went from his eyes down to his heart. Romans 12, 15 says this, weep with those who weep. We are to share, share and to carry one another's burdens. And the question is, do we do that as a church? Now, I hope as a family member, if your family is halfway healthy um, uh, and things are okay there in the family, family members, you know, between parents and kids and husbands and wife, I mean, you're sharing your burdens, you're sharing what's on your heart, you know, and you're encouraging, you're getting wisdom and counsel from one another. But God wants us to do that not only in a family level of our own blood, but God wants us to do that on a level with brothers and sisters in Christ. We're to, we're to share one another's burdens, okay? We're to carry one another's burdens. I want to ask you a question. How are you doing in that area? Well, I don't know. No, I don't know anyone really here in church. I come to church on Sunday, and I, and I go. But, and thus, one of the reasons I want to tell you to get involved with one of our life groups, what the, the purpose of life groups, why we canceled a Wednesday evening service was not just so we can get together and hear someone teach and preach, as important as that is. The Bible talks about fellowship and gathering together and praying for one another, encouraging one another, and helping one another. It all, it all takes place in the context of relationships. That's the reason why we have various groups, numerous groups that meet on different days and different times. The number one reason is so that we can begin to have a relationship and we can help and encourage one another. This past uh, Monday night, uh, my wife leads... Uh, a group in our home, and, and so I take our, our two boys uh, uh, away, and, and, and we're out of the house, and we're about different places here in Citrus County, and, and we snuck into the door, and I went into my, into my room, and, and the boys went into a different room, and, and it was going late, and I'm going, but after it was done, and June just said, it was an amazing night. She said, Mike, uh, she, said, I, I, she said, man, there were so many girls so many of our ladies that were just really hurting, and she said it was so awesome to see how they began to just minister to one another. She said difficult, complex problems, and, and, and it was just God's love flowing through them, helping one another out. 
And when I heard that, that's, that's music to the pastor's ears because the pastor isn't the one to fix everyone else. God wants us to use one another to bear one another's burdens and to help one another out. Anyone want to say amen to that? Okay. Amen. So, uh, where am I at in my notes? I lost it. Okay. All right. Life groups. Okay. So, here's a question. How do I increase my ability to be sympathetic? Because if you're anything like me, uh, it's easy to become distrustful of people. People do things, they say things, and they get themselves into problems and situations. And you're saying, well, you know, they made their bed. They're going to go ahead and have to lay in their bed. And basically, they're, they're reaping what they've sowed. And when you're in that mindset, it's very hard to be sympathetic towards other people. But here's how, here's how real sympathy begins to happen. Write this word down. It's called listening. Focus listening. Man, I've, I, I can't tell you, I don't know about you, but when I'm struggling with something, I want people not only um, hearing what I'm saying, but I want people looking at me in the eyes. And then not only when I'm really going through something, but I know when someone's trending with me, I know when someone's walking in sympathy, they're nodding their head, their, their body language says, uh, hey, Mike, I'm with you. And, and when, I, when I feel that, I'm going to tell you something, I feel loved. But when someone, you know, I'm, you tell, you know, and they're there, they're on their device, they're on their phone, they're texting, and, yeah, and they're easily detract. And you can just tell, they're not trending with you. They're, they're, they're hearing you, but they're not with you. God wants us to go to the next level of being able to enter into their pain. The Bible says, share with each other burdens, Galatians 6.2. And in this way, you obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? It means, it means you love others as you are to love yourself. So sympathy, here's a grade. I want you to go ahead and grade yourself this morning on a scale of one to five, okay? Uh, if you, if you're, uh, you're a drill sergeant, basically, you hear it and say, get up, soldier, and get moving, you know? Uh, we, we, you, you might need some prayer, okay, some fasting as well. Or maybe you're the Mother Teresa, man. You, you're very easy and able to enter into their pain. So if you want to see like Jesus, okay, be like Jesus, start seeing, start sympathizing. And number three, seize the moment. Carpe diem. That means when the moment arrives and we have the ability to do something, we have an ability to do action, kindness and action, love and action. That means we don't delay, we don't wait, we don't say, well, you know what, tomorrow or sometime in the future, I'm going to put that on my calendar. I'm going to go ahead and get it around to it eventually someday. No, it says, I see the issue, I see the problem, I see, the, I see what's going on right now. I take what I have and I begin to respond with what I have and respond with it in the spirit of God's love at that very moment. It says here in verse 34, when do you see this? It says, kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged them. Basically, he took action. He doesn't say, uh, too bad, you know, he got hurt, he got clobbered, you know, he got robbed, and, you know, let's turn to the next, let's change the channel, let's, let's go on to something else. 
He actually, de- he actually did something. The Bible said that he kneeled down. Underline that word, he kneeled down. What is he doing? He's getting on that person's level. He's responding to where they're at. Why is that so important? Being kind to people is you get on their level. You don't act superior like you know it all. You don't get down on people like, hey, or talk down to them and say, man, why were you? You knew this road. And by the way, the road of Jericho right there going there, it was a very dangerous place. When people were hearing this parable, oh, yeah, there were a lot of robbers there. There were a lot of difficulties in people. And he, he, he doesn't bring up this issue. Why were you on this road? He gets down to right where he's at, eye to eye, face to face. He's meeting him where he's at. Notice he not only kneels, but he uses what he has to help this man in need. Some of you have different translations. It says he had wine and oil. Why does he use that? Wine, we know, uh, acted like an antiseptic. It has alcohol in it to help clean the wounds. Also the wounds, there was lotion. It, that oil was, was soothing. So obviously he's taking what he has in a sack to go ahead and help him out. But then it says that he bandaged them. He's put him, putting bandages over them. Now the question is, this guy doesn't have a first aid kit. What's going on? It said, we know this about the man that was there lying there on the road. It says he was stripped naked, was beaten very badly. That basically, this guy, this Samaritan, is taking the clothes off of his back. He's making strips right there. He takes what he has, and he begins to respond to the person in an act of love. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 27, never walk away from someone who doesn't deserve help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Don't tell your neighbor, maybe some other time, or try me tomorrow. Put your kindness, don't put it on to-do list tomorrow. Do it right now. And you say, well, I really don't have. No, you take what you have, you give it to the Lord and say, God, I pray, Lord, it's not much, God. I don't know, Lord, if I can totally meet this need, but what I do have, Lord, I'm willing to go ahead and apply it to the situation that's going on right now. Two things about seizing the moment. Write these down. You must be willing to be interrupted. Many times love is often inconvenient and it will take time. Kindness takes time. You can't just plan it into your schedule. In fact, there will be moments where you're gonna have to like, all right, I've got all this going on and this situation's coming up right now. What do I do? Well, what would love do? Sometimes your schedule may be turned upside down, but it's worth it in the end, especially to the person that you're ministering to. They won't forget it. That's how you're beginning to build a legacy of love because you were willing to be interrupted. Number two, you must be willing to take risk. You have to look beyond your fears. Here it is, the guy, the the Samaritan. Uh, 
he, uh, he gets off of his donkey and he sees this guy. But here's this guy that's been left almost for dead. And was there maybe any danger for him? Maybe there were the bandits and the thieves and the robber that were hiding behind the rocks and the trees. And did he take any risk? Maybe, maybe he didn't. But I know this. A lot of times people are not willing to take risk. I'm not really willing to reach out. Well, if I do this, this is really going to cost me a lot. And I'm not so sure if I do this that I'm going to have enough time for myself. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to have enough resources for myself. But the Bible says in 1 John 4.18, there, no, there is no fear in love. When I, re, when I was reading this, this verse and comparing this to the story of the Good Samaritan, it totally makes sense. There is no fear in love. Why? Because perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. But the one who fears is not perfected in love. Just recently, I uh, heard the story on the radio and I was researching it. Uh, a mother uh, escaped out of the building. The house was on fire. And uh, uh, her two-year-old boy was, uh, was there in the building. She was pregnant herself. She rushes into the building. She didn't make it. Both her and her son died. But what, what would cause a mom to go into a burning building? Love. Perfect love drives out fear. When, when, you can't have both of them going on. You have God's love inside of you, it pushes out fear. But all of a sudden, you begin to allow and you begin to think on your fears Love goes out the back door. But you say, God, on a daily basis, Lord, would you just fill me with your love? Fear goes out. Perfect love casts out fear. So God, help us to walk in this love and seize the moment. So here it is, test, your next test, okay? Seizing the moment. When you see an opportunity, okay, are, are you the turtle? Yeah, I'll get around to that someday, uh, so, yeah, I'll put it on my schedule. I'm going to get around to it. Or are you like the cheetah? Okay. I mean, I'm fast. I get, I, okay. That's good. So give yourself a grade. And if you go, you're low, remember, get into fasting. Okay. And number four, how to love with kindness like the good Samaritan. Spend whatever it takes. There's a cost to kindness. Some of us don't like that cost, but it will cost us our time. It will cost us convenience. I, so many people don't want to do things. I just don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want my schedule to be upset and because they don't want their, you know, and that, why? Because it's a total focus on self. And people that are inward bound aren't happy people. But people that think outside of themselves, those are the people that are filled with God's joy and peace. So there's a cost. It, it will cost you energy. It will cost you time. It will cost you money. It may even cost your reputation. But you give that all to the Lord. Look at what it says here in verse 34 and 35. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. And the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If, he, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, it says he gave two silver coins. Now, back at that time, two silver coins were worth about two months' wages. 
This guy gives, okay, this is a Samaritan, okay, is giving to probably a, a Jew. And he says, listen, I'm gonna, this guy's hurt really bad and he's gonna need care. And in case his hospital visit or his, his visit is really takes a lot more time, he says, when I come back, I'll take care of the rest of the expense. So this, this guy gives, love gives, love sacrifices. Now, the question is, I, I read this story a lot of times, probably a thousand times, maybe even a little bit more. What did the good Samaritan get for this? What, is there anything, any evidence that he received anything from this? Nothing. Now, here's, here's, here's what real kindness is. It's giving, sacrificing without strings attached. The Bible calls that agape love. That's how God loved us. And that's how God wants us to love one another. That's how God wants us to love our spouse. We reach out to him. We reach out to her. We give without string attached. We do that with our sons and our daughters. We do that with our parents. We do that with our brothers and sisters. I'm going to be nice to my brother. I'm going to be nice to my sister without strings attached, okay? Well, I can't do that. You're right, you can't. That's why you need God's love in you. And you need to be going to the source of love, which is God himself. Real kindness is doing something for someone without expecting anything back. That was the kindness of Jesus. Why do it? I'm going to give you two things and then we're going to pray. Here it is. This is the, the number one motivation. I pray this is it. Because God's been kind to us. Would anybody agree with that? Say, say, God's been kind to me. How many would raise their hand and say, absolutely, God has been kind to me. Okay. Well, let's look at the scriptures that back this up. Psalms 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful. He is kind and patient, and his love never fails. Thank you, Lord. Isn't it interesting right here in that, that David right here in Psalm 103, did you notice that he says kind and patient? Same words in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is what? Is kind and patient. So that's God right there. He's, he displays it. But look here in Romans chapter 2 verse 4. Do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath? He's saying God could have unleashed on you and me. Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is, to change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Seek his purpose for your life. So why are we kind? Because God's been kind to us. But here's the other one. If you're looking for a little bit extra motivation, here it is. God blesses kindness. Isaiah 58, verse 7. Share your food with the hungry and I see people do that all the time here in this place. Many of you write out generous checks, have given sacrificially. We have a wonderful food ministry on Thursday, benevolence ministry. So proud of you guys. have done so well. Um, and uh, there have been so many needs that have been met. And I thank God for the people that are serving in our benevolence ministry that give of their time and pray for people and just minister. I mean, I see, man, your lives are blessed and you're making a huge difference. But look at what God says to every single one of us about kindness. Share your food with the hungry and bring poor homeless people into your homes. Really? Uh, 
I don't know if I can trust them, you know. What if, the, you know. So, I mean, that's a stretch for some of us. It says, when you see someone who has no clothes, give him yours. And don't refuse to help your own relatives. Then your light will shine like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. You know that there's, 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 there's healing that's attached to our generosity and kindness? Your God will walk before you, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. There's protection behind kindness. The Lord will always lead you when you walk in kindness. He will satisfy your needs in dry lands and give you strength to your bones. You will be like a garden that has much water, like a spring that never runs dry. Here it is. You meet needs. It's in your heart. You say, I'm going after it. I'm going to be a person, not only of patience, but a person of kindness. And you start to begin to walk in that. God says, you're my son. Because you're my son, you're walking like me. I'm going to make sure because you are bent on helping and walking in kindness towards others. My son, my daughter, I'm going to generously meet all of one of your needs. So here's here's, here's the practical question. Here's your assignment now. I've given you assignment, reading assignments, uh, giving you, th- but here it is. I want you to ask this question each day when you wake up in the morning. God, would you show me today through this day who is the person or the people that needs kindness in their lives? And God, would you use me, Lord, to be that vessel? I promise you this, for those who will take this assignment purpose, I mean, seriously, watch what happens. I believe God's going to open up doors you're going to be able to share the gospel. I'm believing that there are going to even be people that come to know Christ. Because why? Because kindness is an act of love. It opens up people's heart to receive the love of God. Does anybody believe that? See many people come into God's kingdom. So one more, one more, one more area of assessment when it comes to spending. Okay, and we're not just talking about uh, our money. We're talking about uh, not just our resources. We're talking about our energy, whatever. Are we the Scrooge? Okay, are we the one, you know, just I mean, holding on tightly or are we like the widow there that's described in Luke where Jesus talks about the widow and, uh, and it says she comes and she puts in her last two bits of money, everything that she had to live on. The wealth were bringing their staff, they were bringing a lot, but in terms of the amount of sacrifice, Jesus said there was no one like this lady. He wants us to come like that. So how are you in that area? Give yourself a grade. And uh, I hope that you pray with me that we all become fives in these areas. Amen. Would you close your eyes for a moment and let's pray.